Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out. Space. space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Humans are weird. Bronking. Written by Betty Adams. Yeah, my kids back at home do it all the time. The human on the screen was saying with a smile. The girls do it more than the boys, though. As you can see, the behavior is near universal in the species. The behavioral anthropologist explained as he paused the video. However, when asked to explain it, he waved his manipulators to indicate the screen as it resumed playing. Why? The human asked, and its face wrinkled with a bizarre, fleshly movement that defined all endoskeleton species. I don't know. It's fun, I guess. Van Kulch said, The universal catch-answer humans have for all questions beginning with why. Indeed, the behavioral anthropologist said. However, I have a working theory that explains it. Colched fought the urge to tighten his legs under him in irritation. Why was he here? He was here to offer social support to his fellow anthropologist, the same he expected to receive when he went on about nutrient levels in chicken soup. So, he gamely focused on the graphs and data his co-worker displayed. You have a theory that explains the human behavior for skipping? Colched asked politely. The behavioral anthropologist clicked eagerly and summoned two more screens. Kulcht watched as the previous screen of one of the younger soldiers on the base moving across the exercise ground. He was neither walking nor running. Instead, he was using every alternating biped step to thrust himself up against the pull of gravity. Well, skipping must require a lot of calories, Kulcht observed. A massive expenditure, his co-worker agreed. And here is a very similar behavior, what humans recorded in wild and domestic animals. Kulcht were Annie's primary eyes over the display. But those are quadrupeds, Kulcht pointed out, and have completely different diets. They rely on... Yes, yes, the behavioral anthropologist waved a hand dismissively. But the difference in structure only serves to display the similarity in behavior. Kulcht bristled in shock at the abrupt dismissal. The rudeness was... Well, it was human. Kulcht remembered with a release of tension. His co-worker had been working amongst humans the longest. It was only logical that he had picked up a few of their quirks. Kulcht refocused on the screens. All three behaviors involved needlessly thrusting up and against the center of gravity. Kulcht summarized. He gave a short hop to demonstrate. Yes, the co-worker enthused, and the humans have already described and explained this behavior in other species, but uh, he held up a primary manipulator. They have not thought to apply it to themselves. Kulch kept the primary eyes on the behavioral anthropologist, but snuck a pair of legs under his abdomen to begin lightly tapping on the keyboard he projected there. He found himself once more grateful for learning to divide his attention so well in the academy. So then I discovered the age gap. His co-worker went on eagerly. Human young display the behavior near constantly, but adults only display it when they are alone or when they think there is a minimal chance of being observed by other species. Kulcht gave an absent click of confirmation as he went on. 
and then the mass division of quite clear amongst adult humans, with the inverse correlation between mass and frequency of skipping. Behavioral anthropologists paused and looked eagerly at Kulcht, this time waiting for the appropriate time to respond. Kulcht stretched a bit and settled down again. I'm a nutritional anthropologist, he said finally. I can draw no conclusions from the most excellent research data, my friend. It's pronging, the behavioral anthropologist said with a happy titter. Humans pronk just as much as the wild quadrupeds. So your theory is that humans skip to convince predators that the caloric expenditure of catching them would exceed a caloric gain of eating them? Kulcht asked. Indeed, his co-worker said brightly. I see Gulched said, tapping the manipulator against the floor thoughtfully. That does seem logical. His co-worker took the encouragement to go on and Kulch slipped his legs back under his abdomen and vexed click with his mandibles. He had reports to get done. End of story. Story number two. Humans are weird. Fairy circle. Written by Betty Adams. And why did you bring me up here, eight clicks? Kulcht demanded as he peeped his primary eye set over the edge of the sensory array. Way up here. You have more experience observing humans than I do, said the young winged who had lured him up here. I require your observations on odd behavior patterns. Unless they're eating or not eating something, there is not much I can offer. Kulcht said as he secured his grip on the surface with all eight of his appendages. Please start making the air currents worse. There. Eight clicks landed beside Kulcht and focused on his binocular vision in a patch of ground far, far below them. Kulcht took in the scene and tried to note anything different. However, the patch of ground indicated by the wind was indistinguishable from all the others to be nutritional anthropologist. I see no humans, and therefore no human behavior to comment on, Kultuch snapped out. But you do see the fungal growth, Eight Clicks asked eagerly. What fungal growth? Kultuch demanded, edging away from the Mominian companion. Oh, right, Eight Clicks muttered. You just have poor vision. Our vision is perfectly adapted for our preferred habitat, Kultuch snapped out. Our pattern recognition has a reasonable distance. Yes, yes, Eight Clicks rudely cut him off. There is a fungal growth. That hexamartin species is fruiting and it formed a surface visible pattern. Here, he projected an image of what Kultuch assumed to be the ground below. A ring of fungal fruiting bodies had indeed sprung up. And are the humans eating them? Kultuch asked curious now. No, they're poisonous, I think, Aiklik said. But how can I, uh, ah, like this? The wing shifted the projection so that it overlaid the reality of what Quilch was seeing below him. The ring was indicated by a cluster of blue dots against the dusky orange of the ground cover. Now just wait until the shift for lunch ends, Aiklik's instructed. Was rather interested now, so he waited as instructed. The total alarm sounded for an end of lunch cycle, and the humans of Shatar spilled out from the communal cafeteria. This was an interesting position to observe mass behavior from, Kutlch decided. Now keep an eye on the fungal growth, Eight Clicks instructed him. The mass of bipeds had reached the indicated spot on the ground, and Kutlch grew attentive as the pattern became obvious. The more brightly colored Chitar paced across the worst space without poles. The humans, however, even with their lesser mobility, swerved to avoid passing through the circle formed by the fruiting bodies. 
Fascinating, Kutch said softly. The pattern holds too, Aiklik said eagerly. I have recorded this behavior on over twenty locations. Is it conscious? Kutch asked. Sometimes, sometimes not, Aiklik said. When it is conscious, I have noted them indicating body language that the Shatar lack of avoidance behavior causes the human's distress. However, the majority of times it appears to be instinctive reaction. They do eat some fungal, fruiting bodies, Kulcht observed. Perhaps it's simply an ingrained nutrient maximization behavior to avoid damaging fungal bodies that provide sustenance. That is a sound theory, Aiklik submitted. However, Kulcht prompted, and even at watching the flow of humans, when I brought up my observation to human friend Obian, he said not wish to answer. Aiklik said... You must have misunderstood him, Kulcht protested. Friend O'Brien has almost no social inhibitions. Why he spent the better part of the day discussing reproduction with me. I am aware, Aiklik said, flaring his wings in agitation. That conversation was recorded, but I assure you, he has inhibitions about this. It was able to ascertain that it involved a human superstition. A superstition? Kulcht asked eagerly. There was a vast blank of knowledge on current human superstitions. While that was well outside of his focus, it was still a fascinating topic. The only specifics he offered was the term fairy circles. Eight clicks continued, and he seemed terribly embarrassed by the observation. He displayed that odd behavior where he answers the question with inaudible volumes and in a direction away from you. Ah, Kulcht muttered, we must proceed carefully. Indeed, Aiklix agreed. Why won't humans walk through a fairy circle? End of story. Story number three. Humans are weird. Disgust. Written by Betty Adams. Are you sure you're okay with this, Twistunder? Mac asked as he hefted his pulse rifle over his shoulder. His companion crawled out from under the stack of backpacks that had fallen around him and twisted his front appendages up in a rough approximation of a thumbs up. Max smiled down at the alien and carefully began stacking the backpacks again. In the dim light of the storage room, the dusky grey undulate might easily be mistaken for a rather matted wet mop. Max stacked the last of the packs and hoisted his full one onto one shoulder. Are you ready to go? Mac asked. Very ready, Twist Under assured him. May I help situate your pack? Probably not a good idea, Mac said with a grin. I still need to put a few things in it and get the carrier ready for my rifle. Twist Under hesitated, and the appendages tapped on the floor in a fidgety manner. May I help adjust your backpack? Mac asked with a grin. Please? Twist Under lifted up a backpack and Mac carefully slipped the small backpack over three appendages on each side of the undulate and then set it on Twist Under's dorsal ridge. That is quite acceptable, Twist Under said after fidgeting for a few moments. Let's go. Why are you doing this again? Mac asked as they proceeded towards the bay where the last of his gear was waiting. One of the other humans could go with me instead, and I know you guys don't like to take part in taking the life of higher animals. This is an essential part of your culture, Twist Under explained, and while we do not need or choose to kill higher animals for food, we do end their lives for self-defense purposes, as you do as well, so the concept of hunting is not entirely foreign to us. I wish to both learn the human hunting methods and overcome my own disgust reaction to what appears to be a fairly logical endeavor to you. 
Good goals, I guess, Max said as he thought struck him. Say, you guys are basically furry and cute, and, and Grays and Algae have pretty similar social rules about excrement and illness, and even your issues on reproduction are about the same as ours from everything that I've heard. That is a fairly approximate summation of those cultural factors, Twist under agreed. As they reached the airlock where Mac had had left his other stuff and the ranger quickly sorted out his pack while he talked, well, none of that falls anywhere near the human disgust reaction, he observed. In fact, I can't think of anything a human would find disgusting about one of you. Twistunder hesitated. Was that a compliment of sorts, Mac? Not really, Mac said as he shouldered his gun and triggered the airlock. They walked out into the dim red sunlight of the savannah together, and he checked the compass. I was just thinking that it was kind of odd. We have not shared all of our culture with you, Twistunder said, for the better or for worse. Mac grunted and sighted on the particularly red outcropping of dunga trees and likely hosted the herd that their survey had indicated was just about to reach maximum carrying capacity. Well, at the moment we have some protein to procure, and if I have any sort of luck, you will get a test that disgust reflex by sunset. Care to climb up? Mac held down his hand for the undulant happily climbed up his arm to rest on his shoulder. Now, Mac was all for cultural exchange in mind, but he was going to have words with whoever taught to thunder the words of a hunting we will go. The person who had taught him that concept of singing in rounds would come next. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.